Welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. I want to talk about, for a little bit, because I've written a column about this. Actually, it's in the works. I'm putting the finishing touches on a column about the culture wars and about this uh, this attempt by the left, this, this aggressive push by the left to sexualize everything in our culture. But especially, they want to hypersexualize our children. There is a war on innocence, and we know who's waging the war. We know what it's about, and we know there's one party that is backing this, promoting it, sanctioning it. It's a Democrat party. It's detrimental to the country. It's detrimental to our, our young people, and it's going on every day. And it, you know, the latest uh, incident is this big film, highly touted, much anticipated uh, prequel, uh, Lightyear. It's a spinoff on the Toy Story movies. It arrived in theaters on Friday, and it, it had all this controversy in its wake. There, evidently, I didn't see the film, but there is a, a lesbian kiss, totally extraneous to the storyline. Then why put it in there other than to just corrupt our young people? It, the, the, the corrupting influence of Hollywood is well documented. These people are a bunch of moral degenerates. Why would they put that in a movie, a kid's movie? I'm not going to take my kids to see it. We, they're familiar with the Toy Story movies. They're on TV all the time. And I think, uh, you know, I think the last picture we, we saw maybe was over a year ago. I don't think it was a Disney film. I don't think I'd take my kids to see a Disney film. Because I th- Walt Disney, if he were alive today, well, he is not alive. And he's probably spinning in his grave over what's happening to the, the empire he built. The family-friendly enterprise he built has gone to hell in a handbasket. But this uh, light year, I guess it didn't set any records. I guess they, they were expecting anywhere from 70, uh, 75 million, maybe, to 85 million. They were hoping domestically. It brought in 51 million, which was still good enough for second place at the uh, box office for the weekend. So Chris Evans, who is the leading actor in the, uh, in the light year film, he is the, the voice of Buzz Lightyear. There's a quote here from uh, the Western Journal. C. Douglas Golden wrote the piece, and he's quoted Chris Evans. He called parents, Evans did, who objected to having someone else's sexual morality shoved into their child's faces, idiots and dinosaurs. So if you have young kids, you're a parent concerned about what they're taking in at the, the movies or TV or whatever, you're a moron. You're an idiot and a dinosaur. Chris Evans is the idiot. These Hollywood actors, who in the hell is Chris Evans to call any one of us an idiot or a, a dinosaur for being concerned what your kids are taking in? I would not take my kids to see Lightyear. Not just because of the lesbian kiss, yes, because of that, but because of comments of some of these Hollywood people like Chris Evans. Captain America. Captain America. Moron. Unbelievable. Anyway, I'm working on a column for the uh, the PAC perspective, and I write about the moral degeneracy and the culture wars happening in America and all across the world, for that matter. And I mentioned this uh, this piece here, uh, this this movie, I should say, Lightyear. So we will. Uh, I won't spend a lot of time on it, but it kind of ties into what's what's happening because Hillary Clinton, as astute as she is politically. She made a comment over the weekend, I guess it was Friday. She said, Democrats have this fixation on this one issue that could cost them the election. You know, several elections for, for Congress and for the, for the White House in a, in a few years. And if, if anybody knows about losing an election, it's Hillary Clinton, right? 
She, all the attention they're giving to transgender issues could cost them. She uh, gave her comments, I guess this was reported in the London Daily Mail. The Times' Edward Luce said Democrats seem to be going out of their way to lose elections by elevating activist causes, notably the transgender debate, which are relevant only to a small minority. He nails it. Nobody cares. I'm not going to say nobody. Very few people care about transgender issues or the environment or any of the other myriad of issues that Democrats and liberals think are important. Mainstream America cares not a whit about the environment. I guarantee it. There may be a few people in middle America, maybe a few Trump supporters who care about the environment. I'm an, I'm an environmentalist. I love the outdoors. I don't worship the outdoors. I don't worship the earth. I worship the God who created the earth. There's a difference. So Hillary says, look, you're, you're spending too much time on this one issue. And I'll give you her, her comment. We are standing on the precipice of losing our democracy. Democrats love that term, don't they? We're losing our democracy. They're really pointing a finger at, at Trump and Trump supporters. But we're losing our democracy and everything that everybody else cares about then goes out the window. Look, the most important thing is to win the next election. The alternative is so frightening that whatever does not help you win should not be a priority. What's frightening about having a Republican win? She, they view that as frightening. And look, you know, I guess it, you could flip it and say conservatives view what's happening in Washington today frightening. It certainly is. Look who's our president. This guy, well, and I'm not, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes talking about the president evidently forgetting how to ride a bicycle. What's that old saying? Once you learn how to ride a bike, you never forget. I mean, Biden is, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the minute that happened, I saw that on, on social media. I said, there's a metaphor for the U.S. economy, for the U.S., him going down. We're going down the way he went down on that bicycle. But anyway, we'll get to some of the other tweets that were made about Biden's tumble. But Hillary said, look, you people are wasting your time on, uh, you know, maybe it's important to you or a very small minority of people, but you're turning off middle America. And she knows how to lose an election. She said, if you go down the rabbit hole of far-right intellectuals, you see that birth control, homosexual marriage, gay marriage is what she said, all of it is at risk. So anyway, but the left is fixated, I think, on two issues, sex and race. And, and Hillary is a big part of it. Her whole candidacy was based on the fact that she's a woman. Vote for her. She's a woman. Donald Trump is a is an older white male. Well, she's an old white female. She's as old as Trump. She's got to be 75, 76. I think Trump is about 78 or 77. But Biden's going to be 80 in November. And he looked it on that bicycle, didn't he? He looked, he good, he looked good coming in. And then he stopped. And I guess he got his foot caught. He, he broke an ankle. Maybe it was his right ankle that he broke. And it just gave out from under him. And he went down like a like a ton of bricks. As long as we're talking about Biden's fall from the bike in Delaware, I guess it's inspiring Americans who regard the plunge as a metaphor for what has happened to the nation when, since Biden has taken office. So they've taken a social media to create countless memes featuring either pictures of Biden's actual fall, along with doctored photos and even creative videos examining the event. And among those voicing their reactions is Sebastian Gorka, former official in the Trump administration. He's a Fox News analyst who succinctly stated the last 17 months in one picture. 
Biden's fall. Another Twitter user posted a photo of Biden grappling with his bike on the ground, noting, quote, the president of the free world, supposedly the most powerful man in the world, wallowing around on the ground with his feet all tangled up. Basically, the U.S. right now. An actor and conservative political activist, James Woods, this guy's off the hook, James Woods. He's great. He noted how the leftist media covered for Biden as he highlighted a headline in The Atlantic stating, quote, the heroism of Biden's bike fall, along with his personal caption of, as the Babylon Bee slips to second place in the satire marathon. Now, I'm not going to, I mean, it was kind of sad watching him go down on that bicycle. I mean, he's almost 80 and he's not aged well. I mean, we all age differently. I don't know what his physical condition is, but he's had a lot happen to him in his life. His first wife died. His, one of his sons died. His, one of his daughters died. And he's had a very rough go of it. And a lot of it, not that so much, the, the, uh, the tragedies in his life, but some of the other pitfalls are his own doing. Frankly, some of the things he said in his first campaign for the White House back in 1988, you know, lifting the speech of Neil Kinnock, a British politician. He didn't lift just the speech. He, he borrowed Kinnock's life, basically. But Biden's been a plagiarizer most of his adult life. All right, what else is happening? I read an interesting piece today on WorldNet Daily, and, I, and we don't have a lot of time to go into it. But well, before I get to that, there's a there's something else I wanted to mention. I want to piggyback this on onto the uh, the transgender nonsense and the and the uh, the lesbian kiss in in light year. There is a governor in Michigan. Or not not the governor. She's bad enough. The governor of Michigan, Michigan's first openly homosexual attorney general, says there should be a drag queen. For every school. This idiot, his attorney general's name is Dana Nessel. Speaking at a civil rights summit last week in Lansing, she said, according to reporting from the, the Detroit News' Craig Mauger, that drag queens make everything better. Drag queens are fun, says the attorney general of, of Michigan. There should be a drag queen for every school. We'll let her pay for it. Is that a wise... Uh, choice for government schools. I mean, we pay so much money in property taxes to fund public schools and public education in general. The Republican candidate for AG, and I hope this guy wins, I don't know him, Matt DiPerno, uh, said that Nessel continues to show just how completely out of touch she is with Michiganers. Students in the third grade are behind on their reading. Our test scores are some of the worst in the country, thanks to these disastrous COVID lockdowns, and she calls for drag shows for kindergartners. And, you know, on it goes other politicians and political wannabes wanting to weigh in. And a few weeks back in North Dallas, I was reading that the, the, uh, the Drag the Kids to Pride event took place at some, some gay nightclub. Mr. Mr. That's what it was. Mr. Mr. M-R period, then M-I-S-S-T-E-R. It's a gay nightclub. And they sent up some red flags after their uh, little event. I guess there were images of, of, uh, of children watching and tipping drag queens. How do these kids get in, a, in a, a strip bar? You hear about this all over the country. Some of these teachers are degenerates. They're arrested, they're arrested teenagers themselves, many of our public school teachers. Now we have many fine public school teachers here locally in Cambridge as well. But there are some of these people, they're in it just for the money. And they get paid pretty well 
Don't let anybody say otherwise. I know there's a lot of information out there saying public school teachers don't get paid that much. The average government school teacher here in New York State gets $80,000 a year. It's about $20,000 more than the average New Yorker makes. There is a war for America's soul being waged. And the devil has his minions doing his bidding, and God has his army too. And I hope you, hopefully you're part of God's army. Because this, this battle is, is spiritual, as we've talked about. Ephesians 6.12, Paul wrote these words nearly 2,000 years ago. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's our battle. It's being waged in the heavenlies. Yes, it manifests itself in the physical many times, but we have to know what we're up against. Most people don't. They think it's everything's political. They think it's all the party. It's a Democrat party or it's the Republican party. It's a spiritual battle. The devil knows his time is short. It wasn't going to go down this road, but I mean, everything is just so corrupted. We know the world has fallen and that's why we need a savior. And you best be on the right side of things when that day comes because he is returning. He will return. And where you spend eternity is the most important decision you'll ever make. You have that choice where you want to spend eternity. Tell your people. Tell your family members who may not be saved. There's one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. And what I see going on around today, it's just, especially in the in the public, some of these people in the public schools are just moral degenerates. You know, John Dewey said about children, the children who know how to think for themselves spoil the harmony of the collective society. And that's who we have running the the government schools, a bunch of collectivists, i.e. communists. They believe in, not maybe not communists, that's, there may be some, but they believe in government, government schools, government decrees, government lockdowns. If the government says it, it's got to be right. It's got to be good. If, if uh, Anthony Fauci says we need to lock down, then by golly, we need to lock down. I think many of them are well-intentioned, these people, these liberals who follow what government, all these government edicts. But we know where good intentions lead, don't we? You have to think for yourselves. And children who can think for themselves, I'm trying to, we're trying to bring up our children to think for themselves. Two of them are homeschooled right now. One girl's in college, the other is in uh, going to be a junior in high school next year. Uh, they know how to think for themselves. They can see what's happening. We've made them aware. You need to make your children aware of what's happening. All right, we've got to run. Thank you very much, folks. Again, if you like the program, hit like, hit subscribe, and hit share, and leave a comment in the comment section. Whether you like it or not, I want to hear back from you. And if you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thank you very much. For tuning us in. I know I'm forgetting something, but if we didn't get to it tonight, we'll we'll get a we'll get a show together for the weekend. Have a great uh, next few days, and if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the BMGnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.